You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What do you geek out on? What? Wait, no. Rather, what do you hulk out on? If that's a question you wrestle with, then you've found the right podcast. We are Systematic Geekology, your priest to the geeks. And when we say that, it means that we're uh, mediators uh, and curators of those things we geek out on or maybe even hulk out on and uh, the philosophical and theological, uh, those deeper questions that all humans wrestle with. Uh, we do that here at Systematic Geekology through those things we geek out on. And so we're glad you're able to join us Today, I am one of your hosts, uh, Wilbo Baggins, and uh, um, I am geeking out on uh, a couple of things. I, I got back into the swing. Uh, it was a long summer, and so I was way behind on my comic books and comic book stack, and I finally got back to a comic book store today with a short stack, and I was able to pick up a Marvel preview book. All those things are coming out in the next few months. And as I was looking through this Marvel preview book, uh, I'm seeing some some limited series that are going to be series on Disney Plus or this Marvel Cinematic Universe. So things like Namor, Blade, Midnight Suns, uh, even Yoda is going to have his own standalone Star Wars mm. comic book here coming out pretty soon. So I'm excited nice. that they're tying uh, the, the these characters. They're going to be on the small screen and big screen into their own comic book series that we can follow along. I think Marvel does a good job in kind of uh, harmonizing those things together. And and then I may pick up a book that I've never picked up before. It may be a new, maybe a new comic for my pull list which we've talked hmm. about before hmm. on this, this <laughs> thing. So so I'm um, glad to be with you. Um, and our other host is? Yeah, I'm Joshua Knoll. I am one of the co-hosts of the Whole Church Podcast. I also do this show. Um, for me, what I hulk out on, um, I, I tend to discover that when I have not had bacon in like two or three days, uh, my skin turns this bright red color. I become a giant mm. monster. Some people start calling me Thunderbolt Ross or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It happens, yeah. you know? That's right. The breakfast meats are good. Uh, I remember <laughs> somebody asking my daughter one time what her favorite food was, and she's like, breakfast meats. And I'm like, not a bad answer. That's good parenting, breakfast meats. Uh, yeah, if you haven't um, gathered yet what we're talking about today, but we we are going to talk about the new TV series on Disney+, Plus, She-Hulk. And uh, we're going to talk about um, kind of... Uh, what our what our history is with this with this uh, Marvel character a long long Marvel because she's been around a long time in the Marvel uh, comic book universe and there's what what our impressions are of the first two episodes of of the uh -huh. show kind of our hopes leading up to it and then the first couple episodes have dropped and and we've seen those and um, and then we'll talk about our impressions what's going on in geek culture around the show there's a lot happening there's there's some mm -hmm. lightning rods mm -hmm. uh, going on. Yeah, so so Joshua, what is did you have a history or knowledge or love of She-Hulk before this TV show? Is there any any history there leading up to this? Very briefly. I um in in the Marvel Ultimate Alliance video games, I love those. She wasn't a playable okay. character, but she was there. So I kind of knew her from that. She had very little personality in that. But then I also I grew up with some of these Marvel cartoons. She was in a few of those, uh, notably yeah. the Incredible Hulk animated series from 1996. Uh, she was played by two different people between season one and season two. I forget who they were, but 
I really liked her in that. Uh, it was interesting to me as discovering that in comics, she comes before Red Hulk or Grey Hulk and all that. I don't remember if that happens in the show or not, but I remember thinking that it just felt natural because in the show, they're, you know, Hulk, and then Hulk's blood causes abomination, and then Hulk's gamma whatever causes this person to become a Red per- Hulk, and then this causes a Grey Hulk, and this causes, you know, there's all kinds of Hulks. Right. felt only natural that there would be a She-Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... um you know, when, when I talked to like you and TJ, um, I, I was, and I played video games when I was a kid, but it was the big old cabinet Atari, uh, video games that gaming wasn't a big part of my, my, um, childhood and, and growing up. But sometimes, uh, you guys shared that your introduction to a particular, uh, fandom or character are through the video games. You're like, Oh, cool. I get to play this mm-hmm. character and figure it out. And then you go back and find them in their first appearance in a comic book or in a movie or something like that. So that's kind of neat that that was one of your first experiences was through a video game and then saying, oh, wow, she's kind of cool. Look what she can do. And and you can actually play her and then move on to other places where she resides in, in kind of her story. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I find it really interesting. I know what I find in, weird. A lot of people are trying to make it out of this is the MCU trying to be progressive and they're trying to do, push an agenda and it got review bombed over on um, IBM, IMBD, whatever, whatever that yeah. thing is. The one that's mm-hmm. not Rotten Tomatoes that comes up. Yeah, yeah. And the one I go just, to. <laughs> it's just funny to me because I'm like, uh, but guys, this was here for decades. This was not something the MCU made up. In fact, she was around before a lot of the other versions of Hulk. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like we're just changing the gender on a character to uh, placate to whatever. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, about the the review bombs and kind of the response to that a little bit later on with our impressions and some of the themes that are lifted up uh, in the series. But but yeah, fun fact, um, She-Hulk debuted in 1980 in her own comic book called The Savage she-Hulk introduced her in her urgent stories pretty much was in this TV show. She's a cousin of Bruce Banner. She had to get a blood transfusion, emergency blood transfusion, and he had to give her her blood for his blood to survive. And so that radiation went into her system and she became a Hulk. Uh, interesting enough, she never really hulked out where she was like, you know, Bruce Banner has these dual personalities where he's really smart as Bruce Banner. And then when he's Hulk, he's really dumb and kind of like a Frankenstein kind of kind of um, mm-hmm. character, Jekyll High, um, Jekyll and Mr. High, that kind of thing. She is always, even when she hulked out, she kept her brains, her smarts, her wits, her sense of humor. And so she's never had this kind of dual personality uh, when it comes to the Hulk. Um, and, you know, yeah, I, my introduction to her was, were through comics. I never really collected her comics, but when she became a member of the Fantastic Four in the 1980s with John Byrne's run, uh, Fantastic huh. Four, she, she, was, she took the place of kind of the heavy hitter of the thing. Uh, the thing went off and did his own thing. Uh, there you go. He went off to do his own thing. <laughs> and uh, so they needed a, 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 need some muscle on the team. So they brought in Brian She-Hulk. And then she's been a part of other teams like Avengers and Heroes for Hire, um, the Defenders. She's been uh, mm-hmm. uh, a member of S.H.I.E.L.D., that kind of thing. So she's kind of hopped around. And I've seen her when she's made debuts or guest appearances in the comic books I read over her. So, um, she's neat, dated neat most character. of the Avengers, too. <laughs> She has. She she dates. And yeah. uh there there's a sex appeal to her and there's a sense of like she's 
she's witty and she can banter back and forth, you know? Um, so there's something about her in those books, you know, um, and the way she's portrayed rightfully or, or wrongfully, uh, through, through the decades. And, and, uh, so yeah, she finally gets her own TV show here with, uh, Disney plus and kind of the mm -hmm. MCU as she's debuted here just a few weeks ago. Um, what was, your expectation or hope for the show before it debuted? Were you excited about it? Were you interested? What were, you know, whenever Disney plus announces a new Marvel MCU property, I'm like, cool, I'm gonna check it out. I'm there. I love it. Uh, keep making more. Um, but were you like really excited about this or just kind of watched with a skeptical eye? What was your approach? I, I kind of pulled a TJ. I really didn't have a ton of expectations. I tried to have mm -hmm. none. Um, I knew it was going to be a comedy, so I didn't expect any action. I don't know if it, an ex, I don't know if that counts as an expectation to not expect something in that way, but right is what it is. I um, once they started seeing all these other characters going to be part of it, uh, you know, Wong, the, the Hulk, uh, Daredevil. I started I started kind of getting excited around those characters because I just because I'm more familiar with them, not because I necessarily like them more or less. I don't know. I don't know her that well. It was just kind of a hey, I know these characters. And to me, unlike a lot of other people who are like, oh, we don't want to see a lighter side of Daredevil. We like the dark Daredevil. I think it sounds really funny to see Charlie Cox Daredevil in a slightly lighter toned kind of humorous moment. I'm, you know, I find that interesting because it's so out of element. I find that to be a good thing in this case. So that's sort of right. Yeah, that me, me too. And I, and I think a comedy lighthearted, but still wrestling with big questions. And there's still part of the MCU and there's interconnective tissue there that connects you to other characters and other movies. And, uh, we find out, you know, in the, in the, in the trailers and in the first two episodes, there's an element of kind of like breaking the fourth wall where she looks to mm -hmm. the camera and say, come along. I got to tell you about this. Almost like Deadpool in a sense of like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to turn to the camera invite you into the story acknowledge the audience who's there watching um i think is is new i don't know if that's been done yeah. other than deadpool if there's other places that's happened yeah. in the mcu um and, and what i like what they're doing with these mcu shows is that you have space within these episodic tv streaming uh shows to make room for other characters and build on the marvel universe that are in the comics so yeah you have the avengers the original six uh but they're getting their own kind of spinoffs mm -hmm. and and in these episodes to get other characters so you have uh cap in the winter soldier you get a new cap you have wanda introducing photon monica rambeau you get hawkeye where you get to introduce a, a new younger hawkeye uh and an echo uh and tie into the daredevil universe and then you have hulk and you have she hulk so they're building another avengers team and even potentially a young Avengers team uh, that can have its own movie mm -hmm. or own TV show. And I love how they're building on that. Sometimes, yeah, there's going to be episodes that miss. There's going to be uh, a series that I like more than others. But as you're building this universe and these characters, I'm all in. So that was my expectation and hope coming in. Cool. Let's continue to build on the MC universe. Let me let me know something about this character that I didn't know before and, and see how you build on that. So that, yeah, I tried. Yeah, TJ's been a good good uh good role model for us here on, on systematic ecology <laughs> yeah, you yeah. pull a tj you go in like i'm gonna go in having fun and and i'm gonna go in with low expect not low expectations but but keep my expectations in check and let the show be its be its own thing without me throwing all my baggage on top of it yeah you mentioned the third wall breaking this is the only only comic book property in that i can think of that i've ever seen fans complain 
that they did it too much like the comics. <laughs> like so many people are like, oh, no, that's that's Deadpool's thing. She can't do this because then when Deadpool comes in, it won't be the same, whatever. And I was like, um, in the comics, she did it before Deadpool. She was around first, guys. Um, yeah, uh, the, cover, the covers to her comics had her on the cover with the word bubble talking to those who are getting ready to yeah. read the comic book. Yeah. So and I breaking, love that kind of humor. Yeah. yeah, I do too. <laughs> I do too. So it's a part of her story that they're they're tapping into. Um, yeah, so before we get into like the fan toxicity, when it, you know, <laughs> fanboys doing what fanboys do, um, you know, there's been two episodes out. You had kind of your expectations and check lead into it. You've seen the first two episodes. Uh, what are your thoughts, Joshua? Yeah, uh, when this releases, the third one will be out. So mm-hmm. anything, anything could have changed. By the time you listeners are hearing this, I might hate the show. But as of now, I like it. Um, I, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how, how to word this. I, I was I was talking to our other co-host. We already mentioned it a lot. This might be an episode dedicated to TJ. Um, yes, we'll do that. But we that's the title of this episode. Dedicated, <laughs> dedicated to TJ. TJ. And they're like, what is this about? And then the people listening, we talk about the whole the whole Yeah. Well, episode. you know, all all the titles are questions. The question would be, uh, do you ship TJ and She Hulk? <laughs> oh, I like that. Let's um, do it. But <laughs> <laughs> I um man, what, what was I even okay, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I I would not rate this anywhere near as high as a lot of the other Marvel shows, but this is exactly the show that I've been waiting for them to make this kind of show. And let okay. me explain. There are shows that I love because they're very, very well done and good shows like Captain America, Winter Soldier. I mean, the Winter Soldier Falcon. Sorry. I just immediately yeah. think of the Falcon as Captain America. Um, <laughs> uh, so you have the Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's one of those shows that I'm like, I love because it's just well done. Um, Dexter. That's a show that I just really liked all the way through. thought it was really well done. But my favorite kind of show to have on isn't my favorite quality show. It's the shows that I can watch over and over again on, in the background, and I don't have to pay attention. But I know if I look up, I will be happy about what I see. It'll make me smile, make me laugh, whatever, and I don't have to pay a ton of attention. And that's what this is. This is the kind of show that could be on in the background that I do not have to pay attention to. And mm. I like that. But it doesn't make for great quality. But it does make for great background. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's a resounding review that they're going to post on Twitter, uh, but makes but I great background. Joshua Noel. Makes for, that's right. That's right. Uh, four star background show. Um, but I, I'm with you. Like I, uh, some of these shows, my family's not really that interested into. So I kind of watch on my own, either late at night when everybody goes to bed, or I wake up before everybody else and and watch before people get up. And mm-hmm. and this is one of the shows that on on Thursday morning I wake up get a big cup of coffee and do my morning stretches or yoga while I'm on the floor, kind of waking up with my dog, you know, on the, on the ground. And it's funny that the first episode they're doing yoga and trying to get, and <laughs> while I'm doing, you know, down dogs and, and cross-legged um, pigeon, all, all those things. So um, <laughs> I was right along with it, but it, yeah, it is, it is, it is a little bit more lighthearted. It's not as, as seriously to pay attention to every detail, but there are some Easter eggs in there that, that, I wasn't quite paying attention that are there that I missed. Like supposedly there was like a, some article or something that posts like a man with claws in a bar fight. And I was like, Oh, so they're like Easter egg, a Wolverine sighting that I went back to Hmm. try to hunt down. I can't find it. I guess I need to Google that. And someone on YouTube found it and it's going to break it down. But um, so yeah, I'm with you coming up. I wanted to have fun with this and I did. I, 
I like the first two episodes. I like yeah. what they're doing with it. I like that they've brought in Bruce Banner and he's talking to his cousin. There's family, there's work dynamics, there's her wrestling with life. And does she really need this other thing to complicate her life? No. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, uh, um, I, I will say that the CGI on her as Hulk oh, yeah. is still distracting no. to me. Yeah, no. um, all the other aspects of the show has been really good, but her her CGI uh, is very like I'm watching an episode oh, yeah. of Shrek or something, and and I'm kind of like I'm trying to get past it. I'm giving it a bit for them without. Um, I'm sure somebody out there is doing their their fixed it for you, you know, kind of video. <laughs> but um, but so that's a little distracting. But the tone. The writing, the acting, um, is, is good. It's, yeah, again, it, yeah. are there other shows that I like better? Sure. That, I, I'm coming off Miss Marvel, who I absolutely loved. Oh yeah, um, and it's not that quality with me right now, but it's a different kind of show. Um, so, so I'm going to ride this out, and and so far I like it, and I'm going to keep keep watching and and see what they what story they want to tell. Well, yeah, it's um first off because uh, you were talking about her family and stuff. I got to say, I think she's the most normal of the superheroes that we've had so far. Yeah. She's an ordinary person that I might work with someone who's exactly like her, you know, like I'm like, this is to me the most familiar face of all the heroes so far that I can yep. think of. Maybe Peter Parker, but, you know, I'm not that age anymore, so it's not as relatable. Just a very familiar face. But I also say, like, I think the tone is almost the opposite of Moon Knight. After that first episode of yeah. Moon Knight or first two episodes of Moon Knight, I got yeah. anxious about watching it. It had to be later in the day. It didn't want to be the last thing that I watched because it might have me on edge. And this, I'm like, I can watch this whenever. This is like a very safe show. Like, I know I'm not going to be on edge at the end of a She-Hulk episode. I'm just yeah. going to feel kind of light and fluffy and happy about things. Again, another quotable review for Joshua that Marvel is going to quote light and fluffy, and I feel good at the end of it is, is what we're going to keep yeah, tweeting. I will never at. have to worry about being on edge, <laughs> never on the edge of my seat. Which is ironic with someone who's uh, uh, a show about a Hulk who's trying to keep her anger in check or trying not to Hulk out at the wrong moments. So it's kind of yeah. ironic there, uh, which leads us to the next discussion. Like, yeah, as we're watching this, Joshua, do you feel like those who are like super defensive about this being super woke or or has its feminist agenda uh, being thrown down my my throat? Do you, do you agree with those reviews that they're throwing I, up on IMBD? I respectfully think that that's stupid. <laughs> I um okay, you know I, I maybe I'm just not seeing what they're seeing or whatever. Maybe they have arguments. I should be willing to sit down and talk to somebody if they feel that way. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm watching this going, I would have never thought of this as feminist even. Like I would have just thought of this as light, kind of fun. She says some things that I'm like, yeah, I guess that's empowering women. I mean, that's, wow. you know. How her, radical. How her radical. stating what her life is. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's not, none of it is something that you wouldn't hear from another hero, right? Like it's not yeah. like you haven't heard Steve Rogers talk about how his difficulties in life are different because he went through World War II. We've heard these kind of things before. Yeah, they're personal experiences that they're sharing. And I think here is, um, here is a, a, a woman who is in a professional vocation as a lawyer who is sharing her personal experience of what it's like in the workplace. And so if you want to describe – and, and – you know, if, if you're not a woman in a workplace who haven't experienced those things, 
uh, I, I think it's hard for you, for us, you know, as, as a white male <laughs> to, to go like what you're saying is wrong. Uh, rather, I think, again, the idea of, of pulling up a chair to the table and have a listening ear to what the experience rather than being defensive about it is, is, um, would be more helpful. And, and yeah, the, the comics have always tapped into the original character about what it's like to be a woman in the superhero universe, what it's like to be a woman of strength, what it's like to have a career as a lawyer. Um, all those things are in the comics way before this TV show came out. So this kind of claim that Disney's being Disney or too woke and has an agenda. Um, yeah, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna lean into those things, uh, because, uh, that that's part of their platform, but I think the these comics and and these shows are ha, has a platform to be able to share what those experiences are and create some conversation around it. So uh, yeah, I, I'm very disappointed that these these kind of shows are are being review bombed before they even given a chance to listen to what they're trying to say. There's only been one issue or one episode or or two episodes that have. Um, been out and people are already just saying it's the worst show ever because Disney's doing what Disney does. Um, and it's interesting enough, somebody pointed out that most of the shows that are being review bombed on these platforms are, are the more uh, female driven uh, TV shows, whether it's Miss Marvel or She-Hulk or, or WandaVision, that those, those kinds of things at the beginning are, are being review bombed. So I, th I think again, um, we want to create a different kind of conversation here at systematic ecology. And we don't want to like, you know, assume that someone has an agenda or what's going on. Uh, so, so we want to listen a little bit more to what the argument is. So out there on our airwaves, if you have a different opinion or you, or, or you want to share with us some of the things that, um, are being review bombed out there, uh, reach out to us, let us know. We're willing to have an open conversation about what that looks like and, and what your, um, your, your kind of hot take is on, on that. Um, we do want to move into from, from kind of our impressions of the first two episodes and, and kind of what the reviews are. I, I kind of want to get into more of kind of the, the theology and philosophy of, of, of emotions. I mean, I think Hulk itself from the very get go is this uh, idea, almost like a Frankenstein, uh, Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, coming to terms with your anger, coming to terms with your rage. The old 80s TV show from the Hulk was, you won't like me when I'm angry. And he's trying to control his anger. His anger bubbles to the surface and he becomes a monster that rips through a town. Um, and, and this uh, She-Hulk is, is lean into that as well. Um, yeah, you have a smart Hulk. He's, who's Zen like, who's figured out how to tap into <laughs> balance of, of his anger and emotions. And, and we're trying to get that with she Hulk as, as well. So, you know, as we, hopefully this show will, will lift up and hold up a mirror about what we think about our own emission, uh, emotions and how we react to things. Uh, all of, uh, I think, too often within the church, within faith communities, emotions can sometimes get a bad rap because it's so uh, seen as wishy-washy or uncontrollable and we should be more um, intellectual and in our heads. Um, but but I think um, what I've learned, especially over COVID and when it comes to grief and when it comes to wrestling with our anxiety and fears um, is not necessarily deny them or bury them, but to uh, come to terms with come to terms with them uh, to to think through how I react 
Um, what are the, what, what causes emotions within me? What are some triggering things within me? What do I need to get in touch with myself to, to help me in, in the world? So, so yeah, what is it, what is it about, uh, feelings and emotions that sometimes the church or, or faith communities have a hard time with? I actually, I, this is a borderline educated answer, <laughs> which okay. is dangerous coming from me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not very educated in many things, but I, from from my understanding, a lot of the earlier Greek thought of you know um, basically prioritizing intellectualism mm. kind of seeped into the church early on. I mean, you even see it in Paul's writing. Yeah, not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good thing to want to study to you know be astute at things to be people of the book is what they used to call Christians. But I feel like over time that got coupled with this idea that emotions are less than. And certain people throughout church history have emphasized the parts of the Bible that talk about the flesh being, you know, the thing that produces sin. So anything that is of our bodies is sinful, which apparently also includes our emotions. You know, we got to ignore those parts of us and only focus purely on the soul, the spirit, the soul. Those are the only things that matter. And I feel as though more recently, some church leaders are starting to see the folly in that, that God created us as a holistic being. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I'm thinking uh, Dr. Greg Allison, someone who we've had on the whole church podcast before, mm-hmm. recently wrote a book about the embodied Christ and talking about how it was important that Jesus had a body and where the body is redeemed. And I feel like that's a really important work. There's a few other works right now of embodiment and the importance of it. So, I, Yeah, I, there's I an early in the page there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all very, very well said and very, very good answer there, Joshua. Good. Yeah, I, I think um, there's early church. Um, I surprised heritage. him with an, with an intelligent answer for once. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm proud. The, um, the early church heresy of Gnosticism, that, that the mm-hmm. physical nature of our, of our world and our bodies is evil and there's only the spirit, uh, our spirit and souls and uh, uh, get to be with God, that kind of thing. And, and there's some of that talk of, yeah, the flesh and, and spirit and uh, this kind of dualism within scripture. But I, but I think from the get-go, um, God said in Genesis, and I, I created the world and it is good. I created this and it is good. I mm-hmm. created bodies and it is good. And that's the reason why we believe in uh, the the physical resurrection of the body um, and that Jesus was a real person who ate with folks and and uh, literally died on a cross physically and rose again physically. Like the, that embodiment is a big part of, of our faith, at least the Christian witness as well and mm-hmm. Christian testimony. So, um, and, and I do, sometimes emotions are seen as kind of like fleeting or coming and going and don't be tossed on, on the rough sea of, a, of emotions. But it's also what it means to be human, to have an emotional response, whether it's love, joy, anger, rage, grief, those things are part of our journey. And so, yeah, um, it's not that we just don't have a filter and we can just say whatever mm-hmm. we want and just rage out, hulk out whenever we <laughs> want to hulk out. Um, and, and I think the show uh, talks about that a little bit. She gets in tune with her her rage, her, her rage, her anger, and is is more accustomed to to deal with that more than her cousin because she's had to deal with it a little bit more as a woman in the workforce um, mm-hmm. and some of the yeah. things that are in her experience. So um, I like it that they're lifting up some of those things. I think people 
people of faith. Yeah. I mean, something makes me mad. Do I go right to Twitter and be kind of <laughs> just kind of rage on it? Or, or do I think through it a little bit? Do I, do I discern, do I take a deep breath uh, before jumping right into kind of a social media fight or a real fight? Um, I think is, is important, but also to be in tune with what triggers us. What is it that gets emotions in us? What, what are we scared of? What are we, uh, what makes us angry? I think it's all part about maturing in life uh, and in faith. And, and I think, yeah, this show kind of may, may hold up a mirror to that may help us unpack that a little bit or think through that a little bit more. Yeah. I, um, there's lots of scripture. I've actually spent a lot of time thinking about this weirdly enough. <laughs> so, yeah. um, mm -hmm. script scripture wise, I mean, what there's be angry and sin not, you know, that gets used a lot. It be angry. That's okay. Just what you do with your anger is actually the important thing. Jesus mm -hmm. split the tables. He was angry, right? Jesus mm -hmm. wept. He was very much in tune with his body, his emotions, all of that. Yeah. Uh, C.S. Lewis, since this is the year of C.S. Lewis on systematic ecology, get to bring that up. He writes a book on reflection of the Psalms, and he points out how much of the Psalms, if you treat it like theology, would be heresy. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. we, we're against abortion, but if you look at some of the Psalms where it says, you know, I'm so angry, I would like to take my enemy's babies and throw them against rocks. That That's that's a whole lot worse than abortion, right? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I mean, come mm -hmm. on. And yet someone thought, God thought, that was a worthwhile thing that someone said, that someone felt to include in the Bible, because it's okay. It's important to sit with your anger, to sit with your sadness. Even a lot of the Psalms are sad. A lot of your old prophets were, you know, ripping their clothes, putting sackcloth on and wept before the Lord. I mean, it's a good thing to be in tune with your emotions. I think to me, and this is where, uh, where Will's going to take over and be a pastor. Once I say this, <laughs> is, <laughs> I think a lot of it comes down to your heart. You know, we like to treat sin and stuff as though it is, did I do the right thing or did I not do the wrong thing kind of stuff? But really, what makes God glad should make me glad. What mm. makes God angry should make me angry. And I think yeah. it's a matter of your emotions are a good signal for is your heart in the right place? When I hear terrible things happening to other people, does it do something to, to my emotions? Do I feel some bad way about that? If not, something's wrong, actually. And similarly, you know, if I see another brother or sister in Christ get something great and I get jealous, there's something wrong. But if I'm happy for them, even though maybe that's something I wanted, but my first reaction was joy for them, you know, that, that's a signal that I'm more in tune with God's heart. And I think emotions can be good signals in that way. Very well said. And I think you're you're right. I think it's biblical. Emotions are biblical. And then even this aspect of us being created in the image of God, it doesn't mean that, you know, God is looks like a human or male or female, but that uh, when it says that the mm -hmm. God is a jealous God or a passionate God, that things make God angry uh, um, are, are part of us being created in God's image is we just have this emotional response because we're created to be in relationship with other people. And those yeah. relationships carry with it emotion of, of love, of, of, um, of hate, of, of anger, of jealousy, Th those things come into play when we're in relation to other people. So God creates yeah. in God's image because we're in relationship with, with one another. And so again, how you discern that. And as a pastor, a lot of people who come into my office or I talk to or, or take confide in me, a lot of it is, is me just giving people permission to feel what they're feeling and to not deny that and not feel guilty <laughs> about that. Um, is that, He's yeah, talking that, about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, you, too often, 
Joshua, we beat ourselves up because we feel like we're feeling the wrong way. And it's like, no, you're justified. You're grieving or you're angry or you have righteous anger about something. Um, right. I'm a surfer. Ride that wave. Uh, see where it takes you. And you may wipe out, but but we're called to get back out there and 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 go for it. So so I, I like that this show and, and I think much of what these shows examine what makes a hero, what makes a villain, part of our faith, what makes a saint, what makes a sinner, uh, what are we growing towards? Where's the intention of our heart growing into who God created us to be? I think hopefully this show is going to kind of um, uh, kind of nurture that a little bit or or massage this a little bit of of what does it mean? Like who who is the villain that came in the first episode through crashing through the door? Titania? I don't even uh, yeah, I think it's Titania, like her main villain. Like um, it, perhaps she's like She-Hulk and has those rage issues and, and she's super strong. Uh, I think in the comics, they deal with that too, is, is kind of like the opposite end of She-Hulk. Very similar powers, but what she's doing with it make, is what makes a difference. And so um, that's going to be fun to see played oh, yeah. out as the series goes on. And for me, where so far, where I think the turning point of this character, she didn't want to be a hero. She doesn't want to do this. She doesn't want to do that, whatever. She's trying to figure out her own life. For me was, she found out that Emil Blonsky wanted to hire her. Someone who tried to kill her cousin. She didn't want to take the case. Understandably yeah. so, right? Like, I love my cousin. I feel a certain way about this, whatever. She goes and talks to the guy, hears his side of the story, and she's able to change her heart on the matter and decide, I'm, I'm going to do this. And for me, that was the big hero moment. Not she punched the right bad guy or she decided to hulk out at the right moment. No, when she decided, I am going to take this case. Yeah. Because that, that was a hard one to take. Yep. Yep. And we'll see what the consequences of her taking that on. And, and, that <laughs> yeah. means. and, and you know, the other, it, 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 they, they removed Hulk from the story because he hopped on a spaceship and flew out to space. Is that, is that Planet spaceship. Hulk? Is that what's it, happening? Yeah, it looked like it looked like the same spaceship that that is was the uh, the master's um, or that's not his name. Uh, who was the guy in, in um, Ragnarok? Um, I can't believe. I Don't put me that. on the spot. See people. I love that movie, but I can't remember. As that, smart like, as we are when it comes to the geek, uh, there's Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> It is Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's thing. It was like his ship. Or yeah, um, came is either getting him or taking him back. So they kind of take the Hulk off the map um, to let her be her own. And but, he seems uh, happy to go. <laughs> he seems happy to go. Um, so, so that was kind of neat. But, but we'll, we'll, I think we have like eight more episodes, six more. Yeah, there, there's, eight more. There's, eight more. There's a lot. So this more than Miss Marvel, more than Moon Knight, more than Hawkeye. They're they're gonna let, they're a little bit shorter episodes, like thirty minutes or so. But yeah. um, casual, got, light, got, fun. Never on the edge of your seat. <laughs> Grant, again, quote that as a review oh, on Twitter. MCU. Uh, so everyone, yeah, time for the wrap up. Um, let us know what you think of uh, the show so far. Uh, let us know if we're off base or if there's a legit critique of um, wokeness that's going on. Mm -hmm. We're here. We're here to listen to that. We're not going to. We're not going to condemn you. We're, you pull up, pull up a chair to the table. Let's have a good discussion. Yeah, uh, about it. I um. So uh, yeah, and let us know. Let us know what you think of the show so far. Um, recommendations. Uh, just before you go, I have a I have a recommendation, and okay. it's they relaunched uh, a She Hulk comic uh, that I actually oh. have in my pull list that I have really been enjoying, and it's a, a She Hulk standalone comic by Rainbow. 
Rowell. I love R-O- a standalone comic. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, there's five issues in, but she's has her own series. Um, and so Rainbow Rowell is, I think you say her last name. Her real oh. name is Rainbow. Her parents named her that. I heard her on an interview. She's really cool. Nice. She's a novelist um, and loves us here. And then the art's fantastic by um, R-O-G-E, Roge. Hmm. Antonio, again, I'm butchering mm. names, uh, <laughs> but there are five issues in. It's her wrestling with how to be a lawyer and a superhero. Imagine that. And then you have the reappearance of everyone's favorite adventure, Jack <laughs> of Hearts. Jack what? of Hearts. Are you what? familiar with Jack of Hearts, Joshua? Do you know who this uh, character is? Vaguely, very vaguely. <laughs> well, he returns in this. So if you're, nice. if you want to know who Jack of Hearts is and he, who knows? He may show up in this Miss Marvel TV. I mean, in I this uh, She-Hulk so. TV show. He may he may him. show up. I would love a show. I I kind of like him. I think he's cool. Um, I think he's funny. <laughs> he's 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 hilarious. He's got a crazy outfit, crazy yeah. look to him. So um, yeah. anyway, uh, so that's my appearance. Go go check out the comic. It's very witty, very fun. The art's fantastic. Uh, check out the She-Hulk comic that Marvel has been putting out. I'd say go to Disney Plus. Watch that 1996 animated. The Incredible Hulk series. It's actually really good. The old 90s Marvel cartoons were fantastic, especially mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, they, I think they did a great job. I liked She-Hulk in that. I liked all the different Hulks. If you just kind of want to get into Hulk lore, because that's basically what the series is, figure okay. out what is World War Hulk. I know I mentioned that before. What is Grey Hulk, Red Hulk, all of that. Check it out. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah, cool. I will do that. So, 1996 Hulk cartoon series on Disney Plus. I will, I will put that in the queue. That's and, great. And put us. Great. Well, thanks everyone. Thanks for your time. It's not lost on us. There's a lot of options out there, but you spent time to listen to this episode all the way to the end. So we're gonna say, you know, like us, follow us, hit us up on our website, uh, support us on Patreon, and um, and and we appreciate you and and love you all. And so remember. Share the faith, share the geek. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.